Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 734, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Let's read our passage. Do not judge so that you won't be judged, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you will be measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter? In your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the splinter out of your eye, and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your eye, then you will be able to clearly take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them under your feet, turn and tear you to pieces. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's providing this gospel to a Jewish audience to convince them that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah promised throughout the Old Testament. He's in the section we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's the introduction for us in Matthew's gospel to Jesus' teaching ministry. He is teaching to his disciples. There are many other people standing by listening and watching, but this is primarily addressed to his disciples. began with the Beatitudes. They talked about the distinctiveness of Christians, Christians to be different from the world. He talked about fulfilling the law. He did not come to abolish the law, abolish the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. So that it's only through him do you really understand what the real purpose behind the law and the Old Testament is. You talk about acts of righteousness. It's not what you do to be seen by others but it's how you act in secret before God. Talk about storing up treasure in heaven rather than on earth. And about our priorities about material goods versus pleasing God. Now we're beginning chapter 7. And he has this section on judging others. So chapter 7, verse 1, he says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. Continues in the two, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you'll be measured by the same measure you use. This is often highly misinterpreted. People use it as a prohibition against making any kind of judgment. Well, if you just read it carefully, he's talking about making undue judgments. He's basically talking about being critical, being a critical person who just finds fault with everyone without any kind of introspection seeing where they are. So when he says, do not judge so that you won't be judged, he's talking about being judgmental. And those that are judgmental are opening themselves up to judgment. There's a proverb in our own context. Those that live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And we all understand what that means. Don't be criticizing other people for things you are guilty of. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Those who are criticizing other people with zero introspection on themselves. And he says, those that do are opening themselves up to judgment. Now, does that mean that I'm only judged by the standard I judge others? So if I'm pretty loosey-goosey in how I judge other people, then God will be pretty easy with judgment. No. This is very similar to many places where we see the linkage of our forgiveness of others and God's forgiveness of us. We saw that in the model prayer in chapter 6. 
And so often we see this, that in light of God's forgiveness of us, we should be very quick to forgive other people. And if we have such a hard heart that we can't or won't forgive other people, then have we really softened our heart to God to where we can experience his forgiveness? So it's a similar kind of thing here, recognizing God's judgment on us and allowing that to temper our behavior with how we treat one another. Now, verses 1 and 2 are in second person plural. All you guys. Everyone. You all. Then verse 3, it shifts to second person singular. So when he gives these general statements, general commands, often it's in the plural. Then when he gives a specific example, this is how you apply it to your individual life, he shifts to singular. So verse 3 shifts to second person singular. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye, and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Now he's using a ridiculous example here, as he so often does, to make the point. One guy has a little splinter of wood in his eye. The other guy's got this huge beam in his eye. And the guy with the beam in his eye is wanting to deal with the splinter in the other person's eye. It's a, it's a ridiculous example, the point being that those of us that are being so critical in other people's lives generally lack the introspection to see there's bigger issues in our own lives. He goes on in verse 5. Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. He not say don't deal with the splinter in your brother's eye. He says deal with your own stuff first. He uses the word hypocrite. Now we've seen a few times already he's used the word hypocrite. This is the only time we see it in Matthew's gospel where Jesus uses hypocrite for within the Christian community. Remember, he's talking to the disciples, and he is talking about their relationships with one another. And so here he says this kind of behavior toward others, even within the Christian community, is hypocritical, where we are being critical of one another and having no idea about our own behavior and problems. Now, does this say we can't make judgments? No. Many other places we are commanded to make judgments. Or we're given instructions on how to make proper judgments. And that's the point here is being judgmental, being hypercritical about other people, finding fault in everyone else, particularly when we're not aware of the fault ourselves. If we're always finding fault in everyone else, then there's a huge hole in our awareness of reality because obviously being a hypercritical person is not a good thing to be. So if I'm picking on you all the time but don't realize that I am actually doing that, then that just shows the hypocritical nature of my own behavior in that I'm finding problem with you and don't see the problem with me. We use this often as an example in how to deal with others and dealing with a problem with peacemaking. Before you can deal with other people, you have to deal with the problems in your own heart. So it's not a prohibition against making judgments. And that's one of the misinterpretations we often see is, who am I to judge another? I can't make a judgment. Judge not, lest ye be judged. 
That's not what he says. You shall not make judgments. What he's talking about is being a critical, judgmental person. We have to make judgments. Matthew 18, we'll get to that down the road, but there he gives proper procedure for how to deal with someone else's bad behavior. Several places were commanded to deal with one another's bad behavior. So it's not that we can't make any judgments. We must make judgments, but they must be appropriate judgments. Then in verse 6, this often is just kind of seen as a throwaway line, or it's just kind of randomly stuck in here, just some random things, and here's another random thing. He says, don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them under the feet, turn, and tear you to pieces. First, let's talk about the imagery, then we can talk about what it means. So, don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs. Well, pigs were unclean food. The Jews were not allowed to eat pork, so they weren't even allowed to own pigs. Pigs were unclean animals. Dogs are unclean animals also. Dogs are not pets. Dogs are scavengers. And so these are both unclean animals. And then what is holy is obviously something valuable, and pearls are something valuable. So it's talking about giving valuable things to unclean animals. Now, don't give what's holy to dogs. What's the imagery there? The imagery would be like consecrated meat from a sacrifice, which is only to be eaten by the priests and their families. So it's highly controlled, very valuable. It's set aside for holy use. And it would be silly. It would be blasphemous to give that to an unclean animal, a dog. That comes from the sacrifice of something to the Lord and to be eaten by the priest and their family. So, no, you wouldn't give that to dogs. That would be, it would be silly, it would be wasteful, and it would even be offensive to God. So, don't do that. Pearls before pigs. Pearls are very valuable. So, you don't throw them in the pig pen for the pigs to trample on. Let's talk about the sentence structure somewhat. Some say there's a, a chiasm, that's a certain structure of the, the sentence here. And that the first part is don't give what is holy to dogs. Then the second part is don't toss your pearls before the pigs. Then the third part is they will trample them. The fourth part, they will turn and tear you to pieces. So the first and fourth parts go together. The second and third parts go together. So the inner parts, don't cast your pearls before pigs or they will trample them. The first and fourth parts, don't get what is holy to dogs, they will turn and tear you to pieces. And that fits more with the uh, idea of what pigs do and what dogs do. Even though pigs can attack, pigs can be very vicious if provoked. Regardless, the, the imagery here is, is pretty clear. It is, don't take things that are holy, things that are valuable, and give them, throw them, toss them to unclean animals. And it can come back to hurt you. Now, what's the meaning to this? The fact that it's right here in this section with judgment, I, I think it's getting to the point of make appropriate judgments. Don't be a critical, judgmental person, but you've got to make appropriate judgments. And making appropriate judgments on what is valuable and what is unclean. Now, what the specifics are, 
I think it might be more contextual, up to you to decide in the context. Some say he's really talking about don't keep evangelizing people that refuse to hear the gospel. Don't keep trying to push the gospel to people who have flat rejected it and are treating it in a, in a very contemptuous way. That could be. We'll see examples where Jesus' disciples are told if people won't hear the gospel, then shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next town. And so it could be along those lines. I think the point here is more making appropriate judgments, judging when something is unclean and when something is valuable, and don't put the two of those together. So don't be a judgmental person, but do make appropriate judgments. We're called to make judgments and not just blindly follow silly rules like, oh, I can't judge anybody. I can't say anything to anybody about anything. Yeah, yeah, we must say some things to some people about some things. We must make appropriate judgments, but we must not be judgmental. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.